0: Hi, welcome to the L.S. Fables podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Sterling. And we're going to answer one of your questions about writing, our books, or the indie author process.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at L.S. Fables or here on Spotify. If you want more writing tips and tricks or information about our latest releases, join our newsletter at lsfables.com. Today, we're going to continue our mini-series
0: on character work. Specifically on the importance of character flaws and why you should have your characters fail.
1: And, uh, I definitely enjoy characters failing.
0: You do? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's a a fun time for you? Well, I don't want to say, like, a fun time, but I am definitely prone to torturing my characters. Hmm. Like... One specifically, what are you talking about? I really enjoy like things not going well for my characters. Yeah, I really like it. Like, I don't know, I like hearing the readers in my back of my mind groaning. Yeah, are you serious? Yeah, this couldn't have gone well. Yeah, it's like, no, no, it could not.
0: Um, and if everything did go well, that'd be a pretty boring
1: story, right. Yeah, although apparently that is not boring, but, like, easy is kind of a category of read nowadays. Mm. So that's interesting. I had or More heard, I, things
0: go well, or the stakes are less high.
1: Yes, it's like, um, what do they call it? It's not, like, cinnamon roll, but it's, cozy. like... Cozy. Yes, cozy. Like a cozy mystery you're, novel. You're something. not, like, ever, like, really uncomfortable or really worried about mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Like, I guess you would almost think of it as, like, stories where the stakes are more, like... Will they go to the party or not? Will they invite the person they have a crush on to go to the party or not?
0: Or if it's a mystery, like, there's not probably going to be, like, murder and gore. Yeah.
1: But even on the case of
0: mysteries, or cozy mysteries, then your person is still going to come across red herrings, right? Things that they think are true. They're going to they're go down false paths. They're going to fail to find the answer. But it's, before like, not, they like, high-key. It's not high key, but it's not really, it's not really about the intensity that we're talking about. Mm. There's, it's just failure. So there are fail, there
1: is failure in Cozy Mysteries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say for me, when I think of like failure, I'm always thinking like epic fails, I guess. Uh, So yeah, you're right. There is failure in a cozy story. So that's my own, like, reading bias, right? If I'm thinking failure, I'm like, the war has lost. They've cut off their hand. Like, pretty dramatic failures. And that's, like, your preference. Yeah, that's how I live my life. more <laughs> drama, the better. The better.
0: Um, yeah, no, I hear you. It is definitely... Uh, it takes work to be have that much, like... Excellent drama. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. So... The important thing, then, isn't, like, the intensity of the failure or the particular
1: badness, but that the characters fail in general. Mm hmm And that's kind of where their flaws would play in as well. Traditionally, their failures, oftentimes when it comes to, like, character growth, will be around their flaws. Yes. I think the difference is character
0: failure a lot of the time is really important for the plot as well as character growth. So uh, you have these try-fail cycles of like something fails, the character tries something else and learns and gets better and then they fail and there's so many fail cycles that when they finally triumph in the end it's really gratifying. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like delaying the gratification of the end while also giving them room to grow as a character, mm-hmm. and I definitely think that having your character fail because of their own flaws, like having it be their fault, uh like as often as things out of their control makes them more interesting, and it it almost like creates more buy-in
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you want them to, and like the case of Rio, Rio. In um, Shepherd of Souls, series. shepherds of souls, and especially in Death Seekers, the second book, is there like a spoiler about to come? Yes, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you haven't read Death Seeker or uh, Shepherd of Souls, skip forward like, yeah, like thirty seconds. Don't listen. But Ryu is this character who's a pirate, and among other things, he's struggling with addiction, and you really, really want him to overcome it because you've seen him do this amazing stuff with Etienne and Zuri in the previous book and you're you have buy-in into Ryu and Etienne's romance. So you really want him to overcome it. But he doesn't mm. at first. He has these these cycles where he'll like try and fail horribly
1: mm-hmm.
0: at overcoming this. And so it makes it all the more amazing in the end of the book when he finally really does have this moment of putting somebody else over his addiction yeah
1: um, for sure and to be clear with the words like addiction or alcoholism and stuff like you never like overcome it per se I'm I have a lot of people in my life who I love who are alcoholics or addicts and like it's never cured you're forever that thing yeah. but you're in recovery yeah so you want him to get in recovery i'm sorry yes. about the language but no, no. i mean like i just want to clarify yeah yeah the the feeling is the same i just uh i definitely don't want people listening and thinking like oh you can overcome alcoholism it's like no no you can develop coping skills and become someone who's dedicated to their recovery and not going back down that path but um, yeah, yeah, you'll still have those cravings and you'll still have the inability to stop if you start.
0: Yes. But anyway, um, Ryu is failing because of this flaw. Yes. Because of his flaws and his failure to overcome them enough to get to recovery, mm-hmm. he is more believable as a character. Yeah. So then, that comes into
1: why you want character flaws, right? I'm sure that everybody has read or seen a show or something, you know, a comic book, experienced something where there's a character who's kind of a, um, I don't know, I can't remember the phrase. Do you remember what they were called? No, Peggy Sue's, no Mary Sue, Mary Sue, yeah, Mary Sue or Gary Stew, and and that was in reference to. A character who's generally liked
0: and has good qualities and doesn't grow or work hard. Often, in the case of a Mary or Gary suit, it's not explained either. Like There's no reason for them to be this likable and this talented. But they just are, and everybody just loves them.
1: Even though that doesn't make sense for them to. Mm, yeah. So it's like you don't want your character to be that person who has everything going for them. And it kind of makes you want to roll your eyes. Almost. You're like, ugh, this guy. And really, I think
0: the reason for that is pretty, like, a a human one. I know that I have flaws. I know that you have flaws. And that the people around us do. Okay. Everybody except for you (laughs) has (laughs) flaws. And so then when I... Read about a person who doesn't then I don't believe that they're real like it it inhibits the suspension of of disbelief Mm -hmm. and pulls you out of the book and that's the last thing you want to do right you want your readers to be engrossed in what you're writing because then they'll read more yeah
1: also, I think uh, like that's that's literally making them relatable, but especially characters who struggle with speaking up or characters who have a bad, sharp temper that gets the better of them. A lot of times, I think that's extra relatable. Hmm. And so it's like, oh, you're reading it. and You're going, oh, I've done that. How many times have I put my foot in my mouth? That's probably because you have a strong temper. Right, right. Or vice versa. It's like the, per- the character that's wishing they spoke up but they didn't now bad things are happening because they didn't. It's like, how many times have I sat there and not said anything when I should have? Yeah. Um, so I don't think every character out there needs to either have a bad temper or not speak up. But especially character flaws that you see in day-to-day life as a human being on Earth. Yeah. In humans that you interact with. Um, a really good friend of mine that I work with has a tendency
0: to do everything too fast mm-hmm. so he makes mistakes by overlooking things and like rushing and rushing mm-hmm. so that's that's a really relatable character flaw for me mm-hmm. and there can be more intense ones um yeah like
1: the compulsion to steal yeah and a little klepto
0: Compulsion to steal is one of yours. Also, that same character. Um, to be clear, it is not one of mine.
1: Personal. <laughs> one of her
0: characters. One of her characters. Uh, one of the <laughs> not, that same character. Not mine. Not <laughs> not yours. Personal. <laughs> <laughs> Sterling is not a klept. Is not um, a kleptomaniac. Kleptomaniac. <laughs> but one of her characters is, and the same character has no like compulsion, like compunction about. Taking lives of others, mm. so that would be two character flaws in one character. Yeah, or practicality. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but those are just for instances. Uh, your character flaws can be as many and varied as the characters you attach them to.
1: But the more flaws they have, the more relatable they'll be, mm-hmm. including little flaws. Like the propensity to chew on their nails or, or... bite the inside of their cheeks or something. Yeah, or clench their jaw. If your character is clenching their jaw constantly, they should also have, like, what? headaches. headaches. <laughs> like TMJ. Um, As someone who has TMJ, which for those of you who don't know, it's, it's when the muscles in your jaw are super, super tight and they give you, like... It's from grinding your teeth or clenching your jaw too much and it gives you very bad headaches and all sorts of issues. So it's like if your character, if you find yourself writing... Every chapter or every few chapters that they're grinding their teeth or clenching their jaw, they should probably have headaches. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe some, like, teeth problems. (laughs) That's funny. Because you can, like, literally wear down your back molars grinding them. It's more opportunity for um, realism. Mm -hmm. They have to go to the medieval dentist, (laughs) get a mouth guard. I don't know if they had those. Oh, no. Very common. Okay. Good to know. Mm Um.
0: You derailed me completely.
1: That is super surprising. Super surprising? Extremely surprising. You've never done that before. I can't think of a single time that I've ever derailed you. Yeah. Character flaws, believable small ones, big ones.
0: Um, yes. I feel like I was about to say something.
1: Well, I can keep talking about the teeth grinding if that's helpful.
0: I don't think it is, actually. I I think it's slightly off topic. That's a character flaw.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A relatable character flaw.
0: Oh, I was talking about... Oh, I was going to talk about failing spectacularly. So, say you're writing a character and they're your main character. You want them to be relatable, but you also want them to be cool. Ugh, that's rough. It's rough. It's hard to be cool and fall on your face. So, one of the ways that we see cool characters be show um, character flaws... And you've seen this in superhero movies, especially. Mm. Like, Marvel movies. Um, The first, like, it opens with action. And you've got a big battle between, um, like, super-powered people. Mm -hmm. And what happens is both sides are going to be really impressive during the course of the battle. Mm -hmm. So even though your main character fails because of their some flaw that they have that they're going to have to work through through the book, or um, some reason behind their control, um, whichever, then they're going to do cool things leading up to that. So you've both convinced your readers that they're capable and competent, and that they're relatable because they're having to fail... And then you get to show how they handle that failure, which could be another way to make them relatable.
1: Mm-hmm. Like real. some people get really angry when they fail. Or take it out on themselves. Or... Play the blame game. Play the blame game. If yeah. you hadn't been in the way, if I hadn't had to save your butt, yeah. then I could have kicked Thanos' butt.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are just several different ways you can play it. There's tons. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's like... Fail spectacularly. Your characters still failed. They're still gonna do a try fail a cycles again, where they're going to try something else and fail, or try something else and try, and fail, and try something else and fail, and eventually figure it out. You know. But um, you're you're getting to play on their flaws and um, create a. A a sort of building plot, Mm -hmm. which makes it, uh, creates tension and interest without making your characters seem, like, dumb. Yeah. So, I think that actually can come into, like, relatability, too. Like, have you ever read a book where you're going along and you like the main character, and then they make a really stupid decision that they totally should not have done?
1: Most of the books I've read,
0: <laughs> most of the books you've read, like that happens of a, a, every once in a while for me, where I'm like, there was absolutely no reason for them to decide this. It was stupid, and like real humans do stupid things too, but if the character doesn't have a good justification for whatever oh, they're acting, okay, I see what you're then,
1: then it. That also makes it less relatable for me. They can't be, like, super, super smart, but for some reason fail a simple math equation and totally blow up the science lab. <laughs> yes. So, their failures have to fit
0: with their characters. You, like, you want to play on their flaws. Like, the super mathematician isn't going to blow up the building because he messed up the math equation. But
1: he could blow it up because he's... Clumsy Clumsy, or, <laughs> or really interested in the hot person who came in the room, and
0: or else so so incredibly absorbed in his work that he doesn't notice that there's a faint smell of smoke in the air mm-hmm. um, which all of those things would make way more sense than um, messing up math or making a decision to combine two elements he knows are going to react poorly mm-hmm. that kind of thing
1: yeah. That makes sense. So, in general, the reason why you want character flaws is because otherwise your characters will just be boring. Yeah. No matter how cool they are, and they're going and doing cool things, if nothing is difficult for them in their body, in their mind, in their world, we're just watching someone have a great time. And that's fun for a moment. Well, you run into another problem.
0: Did I? Oh, uh, no, you're not. If you do this this way, and I don't know if you've watched a lot of anime, but this I've is... I've watched, a, like, a little bit. This is a, a problem that I find occurs in anime plots. Mm. So you've got your big, awesome, tough guy who never fails. How do you ramp up the tension if he doesn't fail against the bad guys he's attacking? Yeah. You have to keep giving them bigger and badder bad guys. Yeah. So the only way to ramp up the tension is to make things get, uh, make the opposition or the like antagonist, the source of conflict worse and worse, and there's sort of diminishing returns on it. Yeah. If every bad guy is the worst you've ever seen and this much worse than the last guy, eventually the the per- people watching are going to stop believing that he's a threat because your main character
1: is just going to beat him anyway. So, this is really interesting and maybe like not actually interesting, but interesting to me. So, for some of y'all, you'll know that I'm a professional dog trainer. I work with animals professionally outside of writing. And one of the reason why adversive training techniques often don't works super well is because the dog or the animal ha- and or children get used to that level of fear or, or even pain. So they have to ramp up. Like so they works. have to get louder and louder or bigger and bigger or harder and harder. So at some point, like, you're not willing to hit that hard anymore because yeah. you're going to really do some serious damage. Um, but, like, you can get... So, you're saying, like, the readers are basically getting desensitized yes. to the threat. And so, the threat has to get worse and worse and worse for them yeah. to
0: care. So, I guess that's actually a good argument for having your character not fail sometimes, too. Like, we're not saying they should only fail
1: until they succeed. No, not at all. So... Because well, they would... Uh, why why would they keep going? A lot of people would just give up. Yes. Also,
0: so that kind of brings us to, there's a really great tool that I'm stealing from um, Brandon Sanderson and his Writing Excuses podcast. It's called um, Yes And No It's...
1: Oh No, sorry. It's
0: (laughs) Yes But No And. So does your character succeed against this thing they're trying? Yes, but something else bad happens.
1: So to keep the plot moving, um, yes, or they keep succeed, the tension but now they have another thing. Because they won the key, they now have to find the lock.
0: Yes, or yes, they defeated the monster, but the weight of the monster is now, like, crumbling the crust on the volcano beneath them, and lava's popping up.
1: Man, you
0: know? rough. <laughs> Or, no, they didn't fail, and this is why things are worse
1: now. No, they didn't succeed. No, they didn't succeed, and this is why things are worse now. They so, didn't win the war, and now the bad guy is taking everybody captive. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, they didn't defeat the creature, and now they're having to run from the lava volcano anyway.
1: Ugh, I hate it when you have to run from the lava on the volcano. <sighs> I know. It is the worst. That's almost like an improv thing. Yeah. It's uh, like, if you want a scene to keep going, this is acting improv. You can't say no. Yeah. The person says yes. Do you want this cup of tea? Yes, I would. And... It's always yes and, um, to keep the thing going. And of I course mean, you, yours it could isn't be, always, it could yes, be but no, it could, it's yes, but no and. Right. But it's, it's the same concept of like when someone's bringing something to the table, like go with it, keep it going. Don't stop it. Kind of. the, the
0: particular. we're not talking about events happening. It's tension building. Mm-hmm. Um, If you just wanted things to happen, then your character could go from one cheerful win to another. But Mm -hmm. to build tension, then, like, yes, they finally succeeded on the one thing, but it's not the answer they're looking for. So now they have to do something else. Mm -hmm. or But now things are worse because of something else. Right. And that keeps the tension going even when they succeed. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like why your character should have flaws so they'll be relatable. And why should they fail... Because they have flaws. <laughs> because they have flaws, but more so so that your um, story has tension. It's almost not even why should your characters fail. It's why should your stories have tension. And that's because that's the key to keeping um, people interested. Yeah. Even if it's low-key tension. Cozy tension. Cozy tension. Brought it all the way back it back around. That's and, nice. That's yeah. solid. I like it. It's like we did that on purpose. I love it when you do things like that on accident. Yeah, most of the times the things we do are on accident. Liz,
1: I think you do that more than I do. <laughs> righty, well then, um, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was an interesting podcast for everybody. Don't forget to follow us uh, on Instagram at LS Fables or here on Spotify. And uh, we'll see you next time.